You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, serving you up quick-hitting news and analysis for Green Bay Packers fans. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is J.J. Leahy. Gil's a writer for thesportsdaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because we're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. We're coming off a bye week where we had the opportunity to get a lot of our guys healthy, including Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark. Packers turned their focus on Tampa Bay, and we turn our focus on some new injuries. Gil, before we get started on those injuries, can you walk us through a little bit of what's going on in Tampa Bay this year? Well, the Bucks are off to a 3-2 and two start, and this is a very different team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we've seen in recent years. And Obviously, most of the offseason conversation revolved around Tom Brady, uh, now gone from Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and joining the Bucs. And, you know, through the first five games, he's been okay, but hardly been the Tom Brady that we knew and either loved or loathed up in New England. And the Bucs have been hit with some injuries and some inconsistency. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is this for Tom Brady. Uh, Here is a guy who was in one system for 16 seasons in New England, or maybe even a little bit more than that. And now he has to start all over again with new terminology and a new kind of an offense. And so there are some growing pains for Brady uh, as he adjusts to life in Tampa Bay. There have been some injuries to this team on both sides of the football, but they are not an easy team to beat. They've got a strong defense. They've got some weapons on offense. And I think this game will be a big challenge for the Packers coming up on Sunday. For any fans out there who have not been watching the Buccaneers much this year, can you walk us through some of the players on defense, especially, you know, who's doing well? Who are some names that we should be keeping an eye on or preparing for? Well, there's a number of guys on defense. First of all, they get a good pass rush on this team, but they are without Vita Vea who uh, graded out as their top defensive lineman on the interior. Uh, He is lost for the season with an injury. They still have uh, an old Packer fan favorite in Adamican Sue, uh, a little (laughs) bit past his prime, but uh, certainly never dull. Always have to be aware of of William Golston, who is off to a a pretty solid start and, you know, surprisingly doing a, a better job than usual rushing the passer, and then uh, Levante David, their linebacker, also grading out very high. uh, Devin White, uh, former Michigan Wolverine, off to a a pretty decent start. And they've got some good depth in their secondary as well. So you look at this team, and their defense right now ranked second in the league uh, against the run in the middle of the pack, 16th against the pass. But uh, overall, yards per game, this is the fourth best defense through five games in the National Football League. And in spite of that, they're still just three and two. Yeah, this is a team that is going to have a chip on their shoulder. They definitely, they probably consider themselves being better than their record. Although, 
I I have questions uh, about the about the team, but their defense certainly excels at some things. They are the number two um, run defending defense in the league. There's um, definitely a a uh, reputation that they have, you know, for being able to rush the passer. Shaquille Barrett led the league last year in sacks. You got a couple of guys that made headlines this week talking about this upcoming game. First would be Devin White, uh, who reportedly asked head coach Bruce Arians to involve him more in the defense this week, uh, trying to get after Rodgers. And I kind of think that Rodgers is going to be okay with that. (laughs) I I have a a hunch that this could result in a free play or two for Rodgers and his notorious hard count. You also have Jason Pierre-Paul, who bizarrely pretended not to know who David Bakhtiari was, claimed that he (laughs) hasn't even watched film on him, which is just strange because they have played against each other before. Bakhtiari kind of came out on top (laughs) in the past. So this is interesting. Um, Some of this is probably bravado. Uh, Not sure how much of it is real. Uh, If... Pierre Paul really has not watched any tape on Bakhtiari, then I'm he doesn't really scare me that much. Uh, so <laughs> kind of a weird thing to brag about. I, I don't even watch tape. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, he's got he's got four sacks through five games, JPP, and we all know what he's capable of doing, what he's done in the past. The amazing thing about the Bucks defense, and this is something the Packers haven't faced, they have a lot of guys who can get after the quarterback. They're not afraid to send some of their defensive backs. I mean, Anton Winfield has two sacks already uh, for for this team. They rush their linebackers. Their defensive line gets a number of sacks, and they spread it out. It's not like there's just one or two guys who are capable of getting after the passer. So it'll be interesting to see how the Green Bay offensive line stacks up against uh, a Tampa Bay defense that a has a lot of guys who can get to the passer and isn't afraid to send a lot of different guys from a lot of different positions and try to keep the offense guessing who's coming, who's dropping back and and when the good news for the pack, they have excelled at pass blocking this year. They've allowed three sacks total. And two of those were clearly Aaron Rodgers' fault as he, you know, escaped a clean pocket. And one of those, he actually just tripped over him over his own foot, apparently. Yeah. Um, so although this is a fearsome pass rush, Rodgers is in the best possible situation you could be if you have to go up against them this week. Absolutely. And look, the, the beautiful thing about uh, Rodgers is you, you're almost afraid to blitz him. You talked about the the hard count, and he's the best maybe in the history of the league at drawing people offside. There will be some fans in the stands for the first time all season as far as the Packers are concerned this year. It'll be reduced capacity, but there will be some people actually at this game. But I, I think still that will take a lot of the home field advantage away from the Bucks, and Rodgers should be able to manipulate the hard count. But the other thing is you blitz Aaron Rodgers at your own peril. And he is very, very good at finding the open space, finding the open man and getting that ball out when he needs to quickly when he sees a blitz coming. So, you know, it's like strength against strength. And that's the kind of matchup as a football fan you just really enjoy watching. 
the Packers motion before snap and uh, general use of, of mis- mixed direction and uh, excellent run game uh, does lend a little bit of extra time too for Rodgers when he is going to throw the ball because defenders have to pause for a second and take stock of the situation and try and figure out is this a run play or is it a pass play? The Packers are doing that a lot better than a lot of other teams in the league right now. And Gil, you mentioned there will be fans at this game. Who else is going to be there? Well, Devontae Adams should be back, and so should Kenny Clark. Both of these guys have been full participation in practice um, for several practices in a row. It would be great if we can have them back. Matt LaFleur was asked yesterday uh, if he could give any kind of a solid answer about Devontae Adams, and really kind of refused you know to be uh put into a corner but they would really prefer to have him back and that they are optimistic they're taking things day by day but he said that Devonte is doing everything he can to get back and to uh, get healthy again and, and that they like the direction he's trending in we got some other uh names that have popped up on the injury report that don't look quite so good Rashawn Gary has been limited for a while if he can't play uh, we need Preston to kind of step up and, and be his old self when it comes to rushing the passer again. Otherwise, it's just Darius Smith. Now, Mercedes Lewis was limited in practice on Wednesday, did not participate on Thursday. Uh, this doesn't concern me yet. Mercedes is older than dirt, and he gets a lot of veteran rest days. If he doesn't practice on Friday, then we can start being concerned. Montrevis Adams is a new name that was added to the injury report, did not practice on Thursday with a neck injury. But the two big names that have people on social media talking would be Kevin King and Tyler Irvin, both of which they've not practiced since the Falcons game. Now, Irvin has a wrist injury, and there's some question here of who could potentially step up and and do some returns if he can't play uh, Darius Shepard, Josh Jackson and uh, Shannon Sullivan are the only players on the team who have uh, done any returns for the Packers uh, in the last two years outside of Tyler Irvin. Darius Shepard was kind of our leading return guy last year at the beginning of the season. And it didn't go that great. Wasn't pretty. And it, and it ended up, costing him his job, ended up back on the practice squad after uh, a few problems handling some punts. And I I think until Irvin was signed, the Packers as a team had negative punt return yardage for the season, which was uh, record setting bad until Irvin really turned that around for the last four games in the playoffs. Absolutely. (laughs) Josh Josh Jackson had some success. Um, at returns, he's actually the only guy outside of Irvin who has returned any punts or kicks in 2020. Um, but he might not be available to do returns this week because if Kevin King misses time, Josh Jackson is next man up, and we can't afford to risk him in the return game. And that leads to some questions overall about uh, cornerbacks because the Buccaneers offense is designed to get the ball deep downfield and they have some elite receivers on that team of course you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin Godwin's probably the guy that Jair Alexander will be matched up against even though OJ Howard is out for the season they do have Gronk he hasn't 
looked great, hasn't looked like Gronk of old, but he's still there, and, and the, the Bucks might have to try and force-feed the ball to him. Or, if the Packers can't defend Mike Evans, we could be in trouble there. Yeah, and and that's a tough matchup because of Evans's height. His size is very, very good, and you would really want Kevin King out there to match up against the size of Evans, not having him there. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if Josh Jackson or Kadar Holman would be equal to the task. Now, the one advantage, Evans has also been banged up. He was a limited participant in practice with an ankle injury, and that slows him down. And Chris Godwin also uh, nursing a hamstring injury. He was a limited participant in practice. So while the Packers secondary has its question marks due to injury, so does the Bucks receiving core. I don't like the way that our defense stacks up against their offense, particularly if King can't play. Uh, they have s- some decent success at running the ball, which, of course, the Packers are notoriously, um, shall we say, struggling against. Uh, and with this you know, deep downfield attack that they really try and incorporate in Tampa Bay, we might be forced to play a lot more nickel, um, trying to cover Mike Evans, you know, doubling up, putting Adrian Amos and Josh Jackson on Evans. Um, this could lend even more troubles to our already kind of leaky run defense, even though they're getting Kenny Clark back. Yeah, having Kenny Clark back will make a big difference, especially if Montrevious Adams can't go uh, that, you know, they need that pass rush coming from the inside. And you also have to hope that Kingsley Kiki will have a good game. Look, Brady needs time if he's going to get the ball down the field. And, you know, the Packers run defense, you mentioned it. They have not been tested fully this year, mostly because the Packers have gotten off to big leads. And once you're up, you know, two, two scores or more, You got to play catch up and you can't run all that much. In fact, you know, the Packers defense would almost give up four or five yards on average per rushing play when you're up by two or three scores and wouldn't mind. Hey, go ahead. Take seven minutes off the clock and go down the field and then we'll hold you to a field goal and we'll be in control of this game. So it's an interesting situation. This will be probably the toughest test that the Packer run defense has had, if only because I don't think they're going to be able to blow the Buccaneers away and take a very big lead early. This game may be much more of a seesaw contest. It could. It really might come down to the Packers' offense to win the game for us. And the Buccaneers have the number two run defense in the league. Uh, On the flip side, though, Rodgers has gone up against inexperienced corners all season so far and feasted. Well, the Buccaneers... Starting trio of cornerbacks has a combined four years of NFL experience. So we're looking at, again, a situation where Rodgers may have to just tear the Buccaneers up through the air. Um, Not my least favorite way. Uh, I always, (laughs) always enjoy a good game like that. Uh, But he's going to have to be on point. Getting Devontae Adams back is going to be key. And uh, we'll probably have to see the running backs involved a little more in the passing game because they may kind of be taken out of the run game a little bit uh, compared to past weeks. And if we can 
give Rodgers some more targets uh, to throw to, especially, you know, missing guys like Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Irvin, some of our jet sweeps and, and those kinds of plays may not be as available, uh, you know, to to really make our, our offense multifaceted. Here's what I'd like to see. Let's get A.J. Dillon involved. Uh, having this bye week should give the Packers more time to get Dillon up to speed. I would love to see if Dillon can have a more featured role in the running game this week. Maybe we can get Aaron Jones out there uh, catching passes instead. This could really open up just some really nasty holes for the Buccaneers to try and cover. Yeah, and the the other factor is you got to remember the best receiving running back the Packers have, the most consistent, is Jamal Williams. And I would think, especially since you don't have Alan Lazard, we don't know whether or not uh, Equinemius St. Brown will be activated in time for this game, uh, although he has been designated to return from IR, so the Packers have three weeks to make a decision on him. Uh, If Tyler Irvin can't go or is limited the, the receiving core you know mvs may have to run either a jet sweep or an end around and i think you get jamal williams more involved as a receiver in addition to aaron jones here's the thing about the running game though green bay does not have to rush for 150 yards as a team to win this game but they cannot abandon the running game Absolutely. because so much of their offense is predicated on play action passes set up where they'll either run or pass out of an identical formation. You talked about that one second hesitation and that the defenders have, if they are one dimensional and they can't run the ball at all, they almost still have to do it enough to keep that Tampa Bay defense honest and set up those play action passes. Well, the Buccaneers now are without their best run defender. Vita Vea, I believe he broke his ankle. He is done for the year. So in his place, uh, expect to see William Golston. Uh, he's going to be most likely matched up against Elton Jenkins. This could be an opportunity for Aaron Jones, who is especially deadly uh, running you know, that uh, outside zone to, to the left. Talk to me about Golston. What do we know about him? Well, look, Golston is an experienced player. He's a veteran, uh, former Michigan State Spartan. But his he is a better uh, pass rusher than he is run defender at this stage in his career. So you got to hope that, El- that Elton Jenkins and A- Aaron Jones can take advantage of that matchup because Vita Vea is an outstanding uh, run defender. He's out. It's, it's a great name to say, Vita Vea. But anyway, uh, all, all of that aside, it's definitely a step down. Now, look, Dominican Sue is still pretty solid at, uh, against the run, but they've got to take advantage of Golston. That is a matchup that works more in the Packers' favor. And Jenkins didn't get off to the greatest of starts this year, but he has been coming on a little bit more in the last couple of games. That is true. Elton Jenkins actually uh, is one of the, you know, although he was absolutely elite last year, he's been struggling this year. Uh, Elton Jenkins and then also uh, Billy Turner 
despite the fact that this is overwhelmingly a very, very good offensive line, those two guys have not been without their struggles. These are two areas that defenses can attack along the offensive line because, <laughs> let's face it, David Bakhtiari is, I think, the number two tackle in the league, and uh, and Corey Lindsley is the number one center. These are not guys that you want to try and win you know, one-on-ones uh, against those guys. We, we need Elton Jenkins, similar to Preston Smith, to kind of step up and, and return to 2019 form for the Packers to be at their max strength. Let me ask you a question, Gil. Uh, talk to me about the Buccaneers linebackers, because last week, not last week, two weeks ago, we saw Bob Tanyan explode in the absence of Devontae Adams and Al Mozard. I mean, there's no doubt about it, no question at all. Bob Tanyan is a he's a he he is our tight end. He's the tight end on this offense now. He, you know, no uh, no offense to uh, Mercedes or Jay Sternberger, but with a performance like last week and having Lafleur lean on him like that and seeing that okay in this moment where we ask Tanyan to step up and deliver and be the guy, he did it flawlessly. There's no question he's going to be a huge featured part of our offense going forward. He's clearly the best tight end we've had in a long time. What do we know about the Bucks uh, linebackers, especially in coverage here? Is 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 Tanyan going to be a big target here this week, or are the Bucks going to have uh, a good chance of sh- of shutting him down? Well, the, the the Bucks really their best cover linebacker is Levante David, and he he right now is ranked very high according to Pro Football Focus, second best linebacker out of the 74 ranked. Now, Devin White, who you mentioned earlier, has really struggled in pass coverage uh, so far this year. He's been much better against the run. So if, if I'm the Buccaneers, if I'm going to use a linebacker to try to stay with Big Bob Tanya, and I'm looking at David to try to be that cover guy and, and try to limit him a little bit and and make the Packers, you know, Try to get David against, you know, either Tanyan or maybe trying to get Aaron Jones or or Jamal Williams out of the backfield, depending on whether they're in base, nickel, or dime. I, I do wonder if we're going to see some good usage of Jay Sternberger as well as a receiving tight end, especially on on some of those those interesting little routes that they run where uh, the tight end is the last guy out you know, behind the offensive line, you know, after the running backs and everybody have, you know, vacated the backfield. And then the ball goes to that tight end who slips out afterwards and, you know, boom, it's an easy four or six yard pickup right there. That was Bob Tanyan up until the Falcons game. But if we use him, you know, out of the slot, more like a traditional receiving tight end, especially like we saw, um, you know, against the Falcons, this could be an opportunity for Jace to step up and really cement himself as a weapon, which is a, that's a big um, component of the Matt LaFleur offense is a new guy stepping up every time and making big plays and proving why he, you know, should be on this team. And we've had, we've had every week, you would look at a different guy and say, you know, they were the reason that the offense ran this week, you know, week one, 
Devontae Adams, monster performance, uh, tied with Don Hudson for a you know franchise record, I believe, 14 receptions. Week two, Aaron Jones stepped up, put the team on his back. He was a monster. Week three, well, you know, the Saints are shutting down Aaron Jones. We're without Devontae Adams. No problem. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard goes down. Hey, Bob Tanya, it's week four. Time for you to stand up. He stood up. His number's called, and he he performs. He delivers. Who's it going to be this week? I'd like for it to be Jay Sternberger because this is a guy who has a lot of potential. He struggled a little bit. I would love to see that he can be that guy that we drafted him to be and, and step up as our number two tight end. I would love to see Sternberger come up big. Look, he he started this year off on the wrong foot being on the COVID list. It obviously cost him as far as preparation was concerned. Uh, but look, he showed some flashes against Atlanta of getting back into form and showing what he can do. I would love to see him uh, take a step up. But you know what? Devontae Adams is back in this lineup, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has somewhere between 7 and 11 catches over the course of this game and takes advantage of those inexperienced Tampa Bay defensive backs. The one thing about Devontae, he wins so many of his matchups in the first step or two after the ball is snapped. Just the way he positions himself, the way he uh, makes a lot of his routes look the same for a step or two and gets the you know, DB off balance as a result, I, I think he will have a big game against this Tampa secondary. I want to talk about one last thing before we give our game predictions. And that is that the Tampa Bay offense is designed for these, you know, deep downfield plays. Brady, who in addition, to, you know, has struggled with, interceptions uh he's got a lot of them already and the the Packers DBs absolutely you know flourish in that environment uh Brady's yards per attempt is only 7.0 Rodgers is currently sitting at 8.7 Brady obviously there's there's no debating his talent and, and certainly his legacy but he's not really getting done what the Bucks are trying to accomplish on offense. In addition, you look at what the Buccaneers want to do. You look at what Mike Pettin wants to do on defense. There are some good opportunities here. The Bucks are not the greatest at running the ball. They their goal is these you know deep downfield targets. Which even if we are missing Kevin King, this is still a defense that is designed to stop those big plays and you know okay you can you can eat us up on the ground we don't care you're not going to win the game that way uh we're going to take away your deep pass option and we're going to force field goals and count on our offense to deliver touchdowns and at the same time i i kind of like our odds the other way as well in that rogers is good at delivering deep downfield and the guys, you know, that you mentioned, the the young rookie cornerbacks really might not be up to the task of defending MVS and <laughs> Devontae Adams. And, you know, even even a guy like Tanyan 
or Darius Shepard, if they get downfield, really uh, shouldn't have too much trouble finding a hole open in the zone uh, to make a big play and get a lead ahead of the Bucks and really force them to not run the ball, in which case we might have a nice little advantage here for the Packers. Yeah, that would that would be great. And look, you know, again, for Brady, it's an adjustment. In New England, Brady's job was not to get the ball deep down the field. That offense was designed to be more horizontal than vertical. He would throw, you know, third and six, he would throw eight yards to Julian Edelman and, and pick up that key first down. But he didn't have to necessarily get the ball deep down the field very often. So he's adjusting, and and you even look at Aaron Rodgers a year ago where he was adjusting to a new offense. It's going to take time, and when you combine the adjustment period with the fact that Brady is 43 years old right now, I think that explains why his numbers are not as great as they normally are, and yet even with that, his quarterback rating for the year so far through five games is still 96.8, which isn't bad. I mean, uh, you know, uh, so I I think the Packers can take advantage of this transition that Brady is making and of the fact that the Buccaneers' offense is not yet hitting on all cylinders. If the the Packers' uh, packs rush can get into gear as well this week, Brady crumples under pressure. Uh, he is, and I think a lot of it has to do with just his age. He is absolutely unwilling to take a hit. Uh, he he drops to the ground, tries to cover up the ball and, and protect it. But if if the Packers can get the Bucks into third and long, bring out their famed terrifying pass rush, I, I think we're really going to see a lot of situations where the Packers can manage to get those key stops, especially hopefully later in the game where, man, you would expect a younger quarterback to stand in there and take the hit and pick up the first down anyways. Brady is not the guy he once was, and you know he's not Daniel Jones uh, <laughs> willing to take Zadarius Smith <laughs> right in the face. Get some pressure on Brady, and you have a, a big advantage over him as his fear takes over. It will be huge if the Packers can get, whether it's Zadarius Smith or Kenny Clark, and having Clark back for this game in particular is vital, Uh, whether it's Kingsley Kiki or Preston Smith or if Rashawn Gary can go, just getting some pressure on Brady is going to be a big key to this football game. You're right about that. Our closing predictions here. I'll go ahead and say if the Packers can keep their foot on the gas, and not lose any momentum coming out of this bye week. This game is probably going to be a high-scoring shootout. If the Packers can take any kind of a lead early on and take the Buccaneers' run game out of the equation, Packers win handily. On the other hand, if the Packers come out and start slow and sluggish, which we saw a few times last year, especially in all of the California games, this might be our first loss. This could be an instance, in my opinion, where the better team drops a game here. I mean, we're not going to go 16-0. and We know that. They got to lose a couple here and there. This is as good an opportunity as any. If the Packers become complacent, if they come in not taking the Bucks super seriously, if they don't have a chip on their shoulder, this could be a stressful night. 
Yeah, this is a tough test. And I think defensively, this is the best team they've faced so far this season. I I think the Packers will find a way to win it. I'm looking at something along the lines of 38-35, but uh, it won't be easy. And no, they're not going 16-0. and 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 I agree with you. This is uh, definitely a game that will be a big challenge. But here's the thing. You win this game and you would have built-in tiebreakers over both the Saints and the Bucks, and that would be a beautiful position to be in after five games. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter, at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy, to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, carry the G and go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com